if you don't know what you want to do, if you're not grounded in your own beliefs, then you're easily swayed. But if you're grounded in what you believe in, then no one can tell you anything about what you can and can't do. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Guys, I'm really excited about our guest today. This man, AJ, AJ the rapper. I don't know, what, <laughs> what do we call you? Just, just AJ. AJ, yeah, just AJ. Yeah. I got to know you, what, a couple, maybe a couple years, years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, and I've always been, like, impressed by, like, your music. Like, if you walk into a building and you're there, it's like the environment, the energy, the, the you're, you're so contagious with your personality. Oh, I mean, I'm always just like, man, I, I wish I could be more like AJ. I wish, I wish oh, people no. gravitate to me like they do to AJ. Like, oh, I, I just, I, I think a lot of people learn from your story. I think it's Thank you, bro. Cool stuff. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah, the first you've ever dove into some stuff was L.A. Jackson. You remember that yeah. night? Oh, yeah. yeah. You were telling me some of your story, and I was like. Tilt party. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It was I the forgot. tilt party. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to know. I want to know. And I was just like, I wrote down like there's 20, 25 questions. I love I it. I don't think we can, uh, <laughs> we can cover all of them, but. We can do as uh, much so, as you want. Yeah. Tell our listeners like a little bit about like your, so you started into music as a, you were playing in a, in a band, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really, really my background in music I started really young as a trumpet player, like really young, third, fourth grade, and fell in love with like the process of creating music, uh, especially as like a, a big like symphonic band, uh, jazz band, brass, anything, symphony, like orchestra stuff. I've done all of that through school and all of that. And played the trumpet, played the baritone, played uh, like field snare drums, basically. And got to see a lot of really cool stuff. Was on the Ellen show, got to play for Carnival Cruise Lines, like went to the Bahamas on this cruise and we played for a bunch of people and it was insane. But also during that time, like I said, that was from fourth grade through um, 12th. So it'd be, you know, fourth through senior year of high school. So eight years of playing a brass instrument and also percussion and I just kind of fell in love. I, I, I like fell in love with the process of making music, but I was also an athlete. I was a three sport athlete. Some years were four sports with baseball in there. So football, basketball and track and then baseball also included. But that was always like my, my passion, my drive, like what I thought I wanted to be was a professional athlete. Um, went to college to play football did football and track in college and kind of set the whole music thing down like in a weird way illinois there's no like songwriters or like there's nothing like what nashville has taught me now but in illinois it was like okay you're either like beyonce and carrie underwood and sam hunt or you're like a manager of them or you're in the band like that was it there's nothing else to music other than that there was no other avenues. There was nothing else to do. So I just kind of set it down. I'm like, I'm not going to play trumpet the rest of my life. I'm focused on football and psychology. That's what I got my degree in. 
So I was focused on that, dude. I put everything into that and just didn't take care of my body well enough. And I can admit that now at the time that was hard, but I didn't take care of my body. And by the end of my senior year of college, I had played football for shoot. I had played since like second grade. So, I mean, it's like, I don't even know. I can't even do the math right now. 18 years or something like that. It's something like 12, 14 years, whatever it is, it's crazy. But I played for so long that I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I wanted to be a sports psychologist and I didn't apply for school early enough to, to go to grad school to, to do that or to get my PhD, any of that. I just, I didn't do it early enough. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit out a year. So let me figure out what I can do to stay in school, to stay motivated, but also be around sports and stuff like that. So I applied to be a grad assistant football coach at Robert Morris University. And that's where I ended up getting the job. Coached tight ends and running backs there for two years, got my MBA. But in the second year of that is when my story kind of starts with my journey to Nashville. The second year of grad school, I kind of got in a really weird headspace and I was kind of at a really weird place in my life where I was like, am I a failure now? Am I, I'm not playing anymore. Like, what is my purpose? I love hanging with the guys. I love teaching them life things. A lot of them are from the South side of Chicago. So like, I really like got into, you know, just speaking on things like that and what they have to go through on a daily basis. And I reached out to a buddy of mine and I was like, Hey, can you like send me daily devotionals every day? I was never like, I didn't grow up in church, anything like that, nothing like that. It was just kind of one of those things where I didn't know where else to go. And I called upon my most regimented buddy that I knew would stay on me. So he did every morning. It was like four, four thirty in the morning. He'd send me the talk of the day and then like three or four questions off of it. I would have to answer those questions to him. Kept me accountable. It was awesome. In the meantime, my roommate from college had moved to Nashville to get into artist management. And I was really like, well, what is artist management? Like, what is that? Like, I don't really know what that is. His name's Derek Sanderson. I'm not sure if you've ever met him, E, but um, great, great human being. He's been in LA now for three years. So it would have been before I met you. Anyways, he lived in Nashville. I started taking trips, driving at night, like late to Nashville after our games on Saturday. And I would stay Sunday and then get up really early in the morning, Monday and drive back to Chicago. And I kept doing that. It's like seven hours. Yeah. And I just kept doing that because there was just something about it that I was so intrigued by. And I loved it. Just the community as, I mean, as you know, like the community, the city was just kind of like, there's a buzz there that I, I, I hadn't felt in a long time. And also he started talking to me about like music stuff, like what I could get into publishing, producing, writing, you know, admin things. There's so many different things that I had no idea about. So we continued that conversation for a long time. We had some really hard conversations, but in November of 2015, I had come down here and had the greatest weekend of my life. That's the weekend that I met some of like the, crazy like to us i guess like to the general public would be like 
massive celebrities, which they are massive celebrities, but just like the greatest human beings ever. I don't know if you want me to tell that story because it's a wild story, but we can get into that. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to let's come yeah. back to that. So you went from thinking you were going to do one thing to another, which is mm-hmm. the reason I did do this show is to show people that it's not that the people that are what we consider on top, if you will, are right. any more special than, than anyone else. It's like, right. it's, it's all just our journey and how we, so like, what was your greatest fear at 10 years old? Man. Uh, so probably at 10, my greatest fear probably would have been things were different. <laughs> things were different when I was 10. Uh, Somewhere in that range. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I mean, there are points in time when I was a kid that I remember wondering if like we were going to have food or if the lights were going to be on when we got home from school or something, or my mom worked a bunch of jobs. And like one of my biggest fears as a kid was like, is she going to come back? You know, like that sounds wild, but like, we'll it like we lived in Rockford, Illinois when I was a younger kid. And I do remember that fear of like, you know, she's gone a lot. This is a dangerous city. Um, hopefully she makes it back and that we have food and the power's on and, you know, then we can figure out the next day. One of those situations, like, you know. How did you keep your spirits up, your love for yeah. life? Because you have this love for life like that I, that I don't hardly yeah. understand people. And I read this story yeah. of this other interview you did where mm-hmm. I forget what your mom had said, but she changed her license plate because of it. Yep. So I was about, I think she said I was like three or maybe five, I think maybe five years old. And like I said, things were different back then and they were really tough. And one day she came home and she was crying about something like literally like she was crying. And she said that I like looked up at her and I said, mom, what's wrong? She's like, Oh, like nothing like it you know, it's fine. And I said, well, I was like, there's no need to cry because life's good. She said, she just looked at me and she was like, you're exactly right. Life is good. And she literally the next day went to the DMV, changed her license plate to life's good one. And yeah, it's been the same ever since. She's never changed it. That's amazing. How do you think your story as a child has helped make you who you are today? Like, do you think it's held you back or that it's like pushed you through things that you wouldn't have gotten through otherwise? Yeah, no, it's beyond pushed. It's propelled me. My mom and my grandma are the two strongest people in my life. They've taught me everything that I know. They're incredible human beings. Obviously without them, I would not be here at all. But those things, those hard things that you know, you go through as a young kid or the things that you remember, even sports stuff like that. Like you always know that now when you get put into a situation that things could always be worse, that now I have the opportunity to take a negative situation and make it positive. And if things are all falling down around you, like, and you don't have the control over that, then you might as well just dig your heels in and it's not like, don't let that move you and just make sure that you're smiling through it and having a good time. Because if you're doubling down on the negative energy, then, you know, what else is that? Like, what's the purpose of that? Like, what are you going to get out of that? So I just think the things that I've seen 
and gone through and that my friends have seen gone through and the other stories that I've been told by other people, those have all shaped my mindset now and definitely pushed me through the daily ups and downs that we have or, you know, things of that nature. What's one thing you think, like if someone is feeling, let's say COVID, take COVID or anything, and they're just, everything around them is crashing. Like what's one thing you do that keeps your spirits up? Because you seem to have this adaptability to, even if you're having tough times, you, you see your friends Mm -hmm. and you're just this, this light, like you're this inspiration to everyone. What's one thing that someone could take or, or one thing that you do that keeps that? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I feed off of other people's energy, but I also don't want to be the guy that, that brings anybody down either. Life is so short. And that's probably what I learned as a young kid. Life is really short and you can, you can pass any day. Mm-hmm. Like any day could be your day to go. And I'm, I'm not going to sit around and wait for that, if that makes sense. I would much rather thrive and do the things on a daily basis that are going to propel myself and my friends and my family forward. My biggest thing that I always think about when, especially with everything going on with COVID and things like that, it's a really tough thing. It's a really hard thing that's happening. The person that may be, you know, sick or affected by it may be having the worst day of all time. But the things that can help push you through it is just reminding yourself of how beautiful life has been to this point, the opportunity that you have to breathe that day. Um, that you, you know, may have a roof over your head or you, you know, slept somewhere that was safe. You got up, you were able to eat, hopefully, and you have another opportunity every single day to be great. That's kind of been like my slogan uh, for the past few years is today's just another opportunity to be great. And everything could be falling. You could be really sick. But if you're really sick and you're, you're down on yourself about things and you're pitying yourself and all of that, you're not going to get better positivity, even brain chemistry wise. It's been shown that happiness, positivity, all that will cure you faster than most yeah. anything else. It's a crazy mind game. <laughs> it really is. But all negative thoughts are literally coming from yourself. Your brain is telling you one thing. And if you can shift that into something positive and tell yourself positive things on a daily basis, it'll change your whole life. It can, it can change your whole life. I think being real about the situation, I think being honest with yourself, Hey, this happened. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. What am I going to do about it? Am I going to sit here and stay in that situation and just let it stew and just let everything else around me, you know, I, I could find everything negative at that point. Okay. I'm in the worst situation and I lost one of my socks in the dryer and my food is too cold. And my friend said this to me and I didn't like it. Like, what is, what's that going to do for you? That does nothing. If the worst situation of all time is happening, but you can find the little bitty positive wins throughout the day. I promise you, you will come out on the other side, a much better, more positive person. I think it's recognizing what's really going on. Hey, this does suck. This is the worst thing that could happen right now. 
All right, cool. We addressed that situation. Now, how are we going to get through that? And then that's where I was going to with the finding the small wins, I think, on a daily basis will turn into the big win in the long run. You won't notice it. Like you saying all these things to me about my energy and stuff like that, like I really appreciate it. I don't consciously think of that at all. I don't really know or, or I guess you can feel it or see it when people are around and you just feel the vibe. But like it's not an intentional thing that I'm going to walk into this place and be that. It's just I think I've gone through the mud. I've drugged myself out of it. My family's drugged me out of it. And I'm trying to just find the small wins on a daily basis, which then to you, you see the big win, which is me having a great time and just radiating that energy. So we're kind of going down a different path than I was in, but I love yeah. but like what do you think is the number one thing that keeps people from being real, from being vulnerable? Is it is it the fear of what others think or is it like what yep. do you think is that fear of fear of what other people think, fear of rejection, fear of being wrong when there is really no right or wrong to any of that, but it's the fear of sticking out your neck and then someone coming at you for it. Like that's why I've kind of shifted my mindset of like, I used to be kind of more of a judgmental person, more black and white type of situation. Mm-hmm. Once I became friends with some people that were in the public eye and I saw how they actually moved and how like things really were, it changed my entire perspective on like what's shown and what's seen and, and what like really matters and like, holding back from the things that you want, like doesn't get you anywhere either. I think people get really scared to be vulnerable because they know that either their, their buddies are going to like give them crap for it for like, Oh, you're soft or something like that. Or like a girl's going to reject you and be like, no, I actually, I don't want to go on a date with you. And you know, then you have to kind of be like, well, shoot. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Like I'll roll with that and I'll figure either what I need to do better here. Or if my boys are, are making fun, they're, they're just, you know, they're just talking trash and whatever. They don't actually mean it. Cause they all do the same thing too. It's just, I think being vulnerable is being exposed and no one ever wants to be exposed. Right. You don't ever want to feel that you don't want to be naked out in the middle of the street, you know? So I think it's just getting over the fear of that rejection or that like, not backlash, but like people kind of just coming at you for whatever reasons they have. It's not about you. It's about them. They are the ones that have the situation going on in their head. They see you and they want to go at that or attack that because it makes them feel a little uncomfortable. Has nothing to do with you. So just remember that it's not about you. It's other people have their own thing that they got to, you know, work out. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest thing you you feel is your struggle or maybe our struggle as as a community to be more vulnerable? Like, or is that just something you don't struggle with? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Every day I do. Um, I mean, in, in your industry, in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. I think you're very transparent about your stuff. At least you are to me. Yeah. But like you you're obviously killing it out there right now. Your latest song or album that you just dropped is everywhere, everywhere I go on Instagram (laughs) Uh, uh, or anywhere else. And it's amazing. It's, it's good stuff. That's, and that's why, but it's like, I guess maybe the better question is what advice would you give that person that wants to get there? Yeah. But struggling with like all of the pressures of the people around them or having to do this or having to do that, or because your parents said maybe it wouldn't work. 
mm-hmm. and to choose a safer route. Cause you've, yeah. you know, you've pivoted from thinking you're going to be an athlete to mm. you're a rapper. Yeah. That's a pretty big transition. Maybe not if you yeah. have as many skills as you do, but <laughs> for most people, there is no rapper option if the athlete option doesn't work. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone, let's say they want to rap or they want to do anything, but they're, it's either their parents or their friends or someone that's saying that's not the safe route to go. Right. Well, I think number one, I, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. She's getting into music. She's about to release her first song. And she has the same pressures as what you were just talking about. And my first question to her was, is this what you really want to do? Do you want to be an artist? Do you want to be a singer? Do you want to be a rapper? Do you want to be this or that? If you can say yes to that, then we go to the next step. Okay, so yes, I do want to be this. Okay, perfect. My simple next question is, what is your alternative? If this is what you want to do and this is all that you see yourself doing and you've found your way to this point, what is your alternative then? If this is the only thing that you want, then you either have to do it or you quit. Yeah. And I told her the guarantee of you not making it is you quitting. I can guarantee you that if you were to quit what quit being an artist, quit being a singer, quit writing all that, you won't make it. I can promise you that. If you quit, you won't make it. So why do people quit? Because there's because there's an I think it's because they think that there's an easier route to make money. It's all revolved around money and security, right? Live. Yeah. It's hey, I have a ton of buddies in Chicago that work for big accounting firms that are making great money. I love those guys. Played football with them. They're amazing human beings. When I first left Chicago, I know that many of the people that I used to play ball with had questions about what I was about to do and asked me, why would you go and do that? At that moment, I was like, shoot, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You have, I have no, no guarantees, right? I have no guarantees. There's nothing. I'm you going down here. on your face. I still could. I still can. That's the thing. I still can. Every single day, something could happen that could just derail everything. But I finally found out. And it took, way, that's for everyone. For everybody. That could happen to me. Exactly your whole world could crash in a week and it, it would change your whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's how you respond to that is what makes you, you, what makes you successful. But it took me from 2015, 2016 is when I moved. It took me from 2016 really to 20 end of 2017, 2018 to realize that this is what I want to do. And there's no one else in the entire world that can tell me that I can't do it. There's no one else that's going to tell me that it's not going to work out because if I listen to them saying that and I decide, all right, well, I'm going to pack it up and I can go back and use my other degrees and get a $80,000 a year job if I wanted to and live, you know, a cush life and then be super sad at the end of the day, then I could go do that because that's not what I want to do. I guess really the first step of this whole process is find out what you actually are passionate about and what you actually want to do with your life. It's your life. Your parents, our parents 
whatever, whoever is listening to this, your parents are going to have a certain set of boundaries that they're going to set for you your whole life. If they're good, loving, that's just being a parent. You're, you're kind of trying to, you're kind of trying to like, you, you know, protect your child. Yeah. You're protecting and you're being like, all right, well, I know that this job will make it so that you can live your life and not really worry about bills or anything like that. If need be, I know that these jobs over here or these careers, you're, there's no guarantee. So why would you go and pursue something that's not guaranteed when you have all the skills to live a very financially cush life? Right. Because I see the guys that have all the money. I've seen the major Fortune 500 company CEOs that are killing themselves. Why is that? Why is that? They got all the money in the world. Okay, well, money's not what's going to bring you happiness at the end of the day. You can go and you can get all the money you want. And if you're not happy, you haven't found something that you love or you do. You, I'm not knocking anybody that goes and does that. That's fine. Go and do that. They probably have some other like hobbies outside of that too, that they like to go and, you know, a lot of people like to golf or like take family vacations or things like that. They found something within that that makes them happy. And I love that. Go ahead. That's how your brain is wired and more power to you because we need that. I want to just point something out. That part being said, there's a lot of people in positions that aren't happy. Why do you think they stay there? Is it because- Is it the money or is it because of the identity of who they feel they have to be about how the public perceives them? Yep, exactly. I think the money first is the security blanket for yeah. you that okay. keeps you kind of feeling nice and cozy. Anyone in any position that you don't anywhere, like, not just CEOs. Yeah. But no, anybody, literally anyone. Like any, yeah. You can be making 40000 a year. You can make it 20000 a year at a different job, it, and oh, you can yeah. be in the yeah. same situation. It's okay. the money first, I would say, is one, and maybe one A or one or one B might be the perception of you leaving this thing that is guaranteed that seems like what everybody else wants and you're going to just drop that and go somewhere else and risk it all for what? Like you're an idiot is what people are going to say. If you don't know what you want to do, if you're not grounded in your own beliefs, your belief system of what this is, then you're easily swayed. Yeah. But if you're grounded in what you believe in, then no one can tell you anything about what you can and can't do. It's finding that. It's finding that. If you're ready to transition into something else and you really feel like you need to, go ahead and do it. Please learn as much as you want. Like that's the best part about this whole thing. You should be learning, I think, in in my experience, learn as much as you want. Engage with as many people as you can. Learn different you know, skill sets, backgrounds, all that stuff. And eventually when you do that, you'll find what you really are passionate about. You it's know? not always a negative thing to switch your careers or no, it seems to no. be the stigma that goes with that, or maybe used to more so than now, but yeah. So when, when you do transition, when you do pivot from something to another, let's come back to your mm-hmm. connections in Nashville. Yeah. Kind of stop. When you're coming to Nashville from Chicago, you know nobody here besides your roommate right. or whatever. Exactly. 
what's your advice or how did you do it to someone else that's coming into town and they want to make, cause it, it is about connections in a yeah. lot of, yeah. how did you do that? How did you leverage your uh, gifts mm-hmm. of, you know, you're obviously an extrovert, but how did you leverage those things to, to get to the people that, that then kind of help you become who you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, every single social gathering I took as an opportunity to genuinely meet people. I don't mean meet people for, for what they do. I don't mean like, and, and network is a great word, but not well, that can in, also be more used as to get something from someone. Right. And I don't mean it in the, in the negative way of, of networking to get somewhere because I think that is the number one issue with a lot of people that come to town right away. They think, okay, I'm an artist. I'm going to go to this bar, this social gathering and make sure that by the end of the night, everyone's going to know that I play the guitar or that I'm an artist or whatever. That's not to me personally. That's not the way to do it at all. Don't talk about yourself. And my advice to anybody moving here that wants to get into whatever it is to find a good friend group, to find the real genuine people, Invest your time getting to know other people. Don't talk about yourself. If they ask you about yourself, then yeah, give them your backstory if they want to hear it and all that stuff. But genuinely invest your time into learning about other people because I guarantee you that's when people will start being, hold up, like this guy just listened to me talk for an hour. Like that must be a good dude. I kind of want to get to know him a little bit more. Oh, wait, he just moved here from Chicago. I love Chicago. Oh, this is awesome. Like we should take a trip or, you know, do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? Oh, that's awesome. Wait, you do music too? That's crazy. I'm a music producer. Boom. Boom. And it happens. Because we first taken the initiative and the time to get to know him and what's important to him. Yep, exactly. And, and it's, that's why everyone loves you here. Just, just <laughs> that's why. Yeah. You make everyone feel special and important without even talking about yourself. I do genuinely care. I care about you. I care about, you know, Chris. I care about Nat. I care about all all of those people I genuinely care about as a human being. And it has nothing to do with what they do. If what they do then crosses path, paths with what I do, then that's great. But if not, that's fine. I still love them as human beings, as friends. And that, that alone will carry you farther than your career, your anything. On the other end of that is, is your happiness. And, yeah. and that's, that's, I would much rather invest in that than to tell everybody, hey, guys, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm AJ and I rap here in Nashville. People are going to be like, oh, cool cool dude <laughs> like <laughs> who's your favorite rapper and then and that's it like and then it goes then it's done with that you know you're, you're i just kind of invest in people genuinely that's that's yeah. my that's my advice what's the craziest thing that's happened to you lately <laughs> whether it's funny or crazy or just craziest thing today just in the recent whatever couple months what's the craziest thing that's happened to you to remind you that you're human oh man Oh, oh, uh, wow. There's so many of them. (laughs) I mean, to to remind me, I I mean, gosh, let me think. Our dog at the house just 
just crapped all over the carpet downstairs. <laughs> it's like I've been kind of moving around and been outside a lot. And she was just, I think she was mad that nobody was home. And she was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's like, That's you know, great. like one of those things that will snap you back into like, okay, yeah. like I'm a. I'm cleaning up dog poop from the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might be on a stage on Saturday, but I'm cleaning yeah. up dog poop. Yeah. Exactly. Dog poop. Exactly, yeah. dude. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Maybe something uh, like that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, time is flying so fast. I usually try it to is. keep these like 45 minutes or so, but I got to Yeah, few. I'm long-winded, bro. I'm sorry, dude. No, I'm no, 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 dude. We're, we're going to have to do this again because we haven't even For uncovered sure. any. Like, we, <laughs> we we got a long way to go. To I love get, it. How do you continue to to learn and evolve and stay at the top of your, your game with what yeah. you do? Do you have any resources that you gravitate to or mm-hmm. is this just something that – for you, when you run into a challenge, you're just like, you just yeah. go, go at it. Great question. Um, so I listen to a ton of music, a ton of music, whether it's hip hop, R&B, rap, country, pop, jazz. I just kind of, I listen to everything, but I don't, I don't necessarily listen to it as a consumer. I think I've recently, I just had a talk with my producer, Nilo. He's Nilo is the greatest producer in town that no one knows about. And I'll keep saying that over and over again, cause he's insane. But we had a really good conversation the other day for about two hours of just about life and about what I need to do to get better. It's weird because, you know, every day that goes by, you're getting older. So you start to have that anxiety of like, oh, shoot, I haven't made it yet. And, you know, this the tour things in a weird limbo situation, all that stuff. And you start to just like kind of get down on yourself a little bit in your head and you, you try to flip those things over. But we're all human. We're all human. We're going to have those times. So I called Nilo. Nilo knows me better than most people do. And he's, he's the guy that's like, Hey, you need to work on, even if it's just writing everything out, just write everything out and just work on writing. And through that conversation, I realized, Hey, I need to work on my phrasing of things too. And how I pronunciate things within a song. It's not just the words, the cadences, all that it's pronunciating words and how I portray those words onto a literal like digital platform, like People don't think about the millions and millions of ways that you can say the same word in the microphone, but it's going to sound different. So it's, it's tweaking that stuff. It's listening to the Drakes, the J. Coles, the Chance the Rappers. Uh, this girl, her name's IMDDB. She's awesome, but she's like Jamaican kind of feel and, and um, almost like a European, like a island hop type of situation is what it's kind of called. And her pronunciation of words and how her inflections of her voice, like somebody else could do the same song and it would, it would be a dud, but she, the way she pronunciates things and how she presents it to the listener is insane to me. And it makes, it makes the whole song. So Really, I think I'm just a student of the whole game, I guess. I'm a student of of all of these guys. I have a bunch of records behind my computer of like Dr. Dre, Sam Hunt, Drake, Boz, J. Cole, Chance the Rapper. Um, just reminders. I got posters all over my room, Chance behind me. I got Drake here. I got J. Cole here, ASAP, Black, uh, Kendrick, like all these people. And it's just kind of like a constant reminder of like, hey, these are 
these are the people I want to get to their level and surpass one day. But those guys all had people ahead of them too, that they were studying. And I just see myself as just a student. I love to learn new things and try new things. So yeah. Makes you good. Thank you, man. I got two more questions. If you were put on a world stage where everyone's watching, literally the world is watching, you had five minutes to make a difference or an impact. What would you say? And oh you don't have to God. say you don't have to say something for five minutes, but what, yeah. uh-huh. what advice would you give the world? Yeah, this is the best question I've ever been asked on a platform like this. This is great. That's cool. literally the greatest question I've ever been asked. Um, wow, you're like giving me the floor for that. That's awesome. Uh, I would say that I would try to portray or or say in the in the best way possible. I don't know how I would say it, but Basically that, and I truly mean this and believe in this, that every single human life is worth it. Every single human being, old, new, future, past, present, all of that, every single one of us is all special. We're all worth it. No matter what you do, when the lights are off, when the lights are on, when people are watching, when people aren't, you are important and you're worth it. You can use your voice, your body, your platform within yourself as a positive or a negative. If you're using it as a negative, you are going to affect other human beings out there around you in the public in a negative way. And that's not going to help anybody get to where they want to go, get the world to be the place that we all want it to be, hope it to be, but positivity among each other when the lights are off, like I said, lights are on, eyes are on you or not. Positivity will eventually bring the greatest reward ever to the whole world. And that starts with you as an individual yourself as a human being, recognizing that you are no better than the person standing next to you in this moment or standing behind you or in front of you. You are just as important as anybody else. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter if you're 100 pounds or 500 pounds. doesn't matter if you are in the hospital or if you are the healthiest human being of all time, it doesn't matter. You're important. And just remember that the person next to you is just as important. And once you realize that and you value their life as much as you value yours, that will start to shift humanity into a positive Mm -hmm. place. If that makes sense. That's what I would say. I love that. That's, that's great advice. Just to start to everything. Yeah. Um, if you could ask anyone in the world any question, who would it be and what would it be? Oh, <laughs> oh that's, a, that's a good question. Anyone in the world? Anybody in the world. Um, Alive or dead? Oh, you know what? I wish I could get these two people in a room together. If I could have two people in the same room and ask one question. I would have Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in the same room and ask, and ask, and I would literally just ask them 
how did you do it? That's what I would ask because both of them are going to have completely different backs, background and back, like stories to it, but they both wanted the same thing. And that was for equality. At the end of the day, it was for equality of, of humanity, basically. And I just want to know how they did it and where that's, you know, how'd that start, where that come from. And just to see both of their reactions to it and their stories behind it, because as media would say, one was peaceful, one was a little bit more on the aggressive side. I would just love, I would love to hear both of those answers. I think that'd be powerful. That would be powerful. Yeah. I'm going to turn that around on you now. So, and I'm going to ask you that question. How did you do it from going to a 10 year old kid to not knowing if his mom's coming home that day, if you're going to have food to eat, you didn't know where you were going necessarily. Yeah. How did you do it in one sentence, if you can, to get from there to Nashville, Tennessee, dropping records, releasing albums, releasing songs that the whole city is rallying behind you (laughs) and doing TikTok videos about? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I could probably say it in one word. Persistence. I figured you would say that. Persistence. Persistent. (laughs) Persistence in the best way possible, dude. Uh, being positive about it and persisting, like literally the act of persisting, just Mm -hmm. literally that's, that's all I even need to say. about. Exactly. Exactly. Every single time something's going to knock you down. Everything that you've ever planned out is not going to go exactly how you planned it. So just know that things are going to happen. Things are going to pop up and it's how you take that and find a way to get past it through it or turn it into what you ultimately wanted it to be persistence. I want to have you back because there's so much more stuff. I want to, I mean, there's three different topics that I remember from that night that I was like, yeah. I want to know more about this. I want to know more. About yes. This. My bad. I, I'm, I'm a long winded guy and I, I start talking about, I no, get I, my this, bad. But everything you said is the reason I want to do this show as well as I don't want to be the one talking. I want you to yeah. talk. I want people at the end of the day, be able to listen to this or watch this and say, I've been there. I've been right there with AJ. And if he can get yeah. to where he is, then I can too. And exactly. You're not where you ultimately want to be, but you might be 25 steps ahead of that person that's striving to be there. Or yeah. let's say someone is somewhere else, even what you would consider above you, but they want the humility that you have, the, the genuine yeah. that comes with that to better brand themselves. I want people to be able to watch that and look at it and say, because of that, because of his story, Mm -hmm. I know I can do it. And so, man, I really appreciate it, bro. I really do. Like, I I really appreciate you asking those questions. Appreciate you listening uh, that tilt party because I mean, that's what spawned this uh, this conversation. So, I think started a lot of our friendship. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think we both realized like oh, there's some real substance to each other that like we can unpack. Um, this Amish kid and this kid who grew up in... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We have right. so many similar things that we can kind of relate to. I think yeah. it's that's yeah. so cool. So. That's everyone. That's exactly. everyone. Exactly. Man, I just, I just want to acknowledge you for just being real, man. You're one of the realest guys I know. You, I think you're a hustler. You're persistent. I've watched you like you may not hear from me for weeks on end, but like yeah. I'm always watching people and I'm always watching you. And I just watch you and I'm like, dude, I, I'm shit. You not. I get chills sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Stuff you release. 
your branding is bar none. It, it's, oh, man. it's like none other. Like you'll drop gasoline jugs for a month. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you release a song, gasoline. And then, <laughs> then you drop this thing called, uh, this, this thing with the eyes looking. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he doing now? And then all of a sudden, I, I, it's genius. Astronaut, astronauts through the cosmos looking down on humanity. Yeah, certain genius. things that we're, we're, we're trying to, we're like getting to a level where we're starting to see things at a different angle. It's basically where that's coming from. I haven't really talked about to anybody about that, but that's what it is. You're seeing things at a different perspective um, that, you know, maybe a different, you know, just size, shape, anything like that. Look. Exactly. Literally. Yep. Literally. Like Literally. Look and then the eyes. Well, it stops anyone from scrolling yeah. through Instagram. Like, Wait, what? Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. I Thank think you. it's genius. I think there's so much about you that that's incredible. And, and I, I look up to you. I learn, I gain inspiration from you, man. So, thank you, bro. Thank you. I get, I get inspiration from you too, man. You're a hustler too, dude. I see it, bro. So, and, and your, your backstory too. I, I love it. So, um, it's, oh, man, it's crazy. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely keep unpacking this whole thing too. So yeah. I love that. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know. I too, man. And so, I'm gonna Thank you, you so much. We're gonna have to do it again. Hopefully, we catch up outside of. I was gonna say, yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll have to, you know, if if we can go grab coffee or so. I mean, at some point, who knows? But um, definitely, we just we need to we need to catch up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Have a good day. I appreciate dude, thank your time, you. so dude. Much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, bro. All right. Have a good one. I'll see you. All right, you too. Peace. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at Ephraim Glick. Dot com. See you next time.